hello and welcome to the TikTok Reviews podcast. Uh, today presented by me. Uh, I'm Ben at Bones4918 uh, and I'm joined by Abby. Yo. Uh, Lauren. Hi. Uh, Mark. Hello. And Vicky. Hi. <laughs> Vicky, do you want to say your TikTok channel just because... Like my, I, mean, uh, I know they, they know mine. Yeah, they, they, they know yours. You, you've been here before. So, Vicky, do you want to say yours just before before we start? Uh, yes, it's uh, Jenny underscore X underscore Master. And t- this week we watched the Santoran Strategium. Uh, Abby, do you want to summarise that for us? If I have to. <laughs> Mm, yeah, you do. Yeah, that's I do. That's how this works. You know, we, we, we talk about the episode, but someone has to get the summary first. Okay, so. Um, so, Sontar and Stratagen is a 10th Doctor and Donna story, and it's basically some weeby dude has been falsely chosen by some Sontarans to. Ah! Falsely chosen by some Sontarans to help with an invasion of Earth, basically. They're yeah. using they're using his technology, because he's a brainy, brainy person, to basically poison the whole of the world and be like Sontarans are and take over Earth, basically. That's basically it, isn't it? Basically, it's not it's not that complicated, to be honest. <laughs> I just lack the ability uh, to form a sentence, apparently. <laughs> Uh, I, I thought we'd, we'd start off by talking about the big, the big draw of this episode when it came out, and you know, still for me, the Sontarans. Just in general, what, what did everyone think of them? They're brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I really like them in this episode, but my, I'm gonna straight straight out the gate. I'm gonna mention the Paternoster again. <laughs> we knew that was happening. <laughs> we have it's uh, that's four minutes. As soon as I saw Dan, it was just like, oh, here we it's go. So Using though because he's not strapped and you're like. Wait. Am I the only person that thinks the distracts make or the Santar makeup looks better in this episode than it has ever looked afterwards? Mm, because yeah. Yeah, I do agree with that. Do, this is going to sound really weird, but it, it looks really wet in this story. <laughs> the Santaran makeup looks really wet. It's like when they first used the Terry Malloy mask. It looks soaking. It looks like they coated it in a bucket of grease. Yeah, it looks like they're like, sweating literally buckets underneath their bucket Sweaty Sontarans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't know, the Strax mask like dries out as time goes on. Maybe he has Victorian deodorant. I think it was more because <laughs> yeah. they, they stopped having a new mask and started sticking the same one on. Yeah. Yeah, that'll do it. Because these, these are, I, I decided to go a, a, the extra mile this week and, and decided, because we're, we're now watching a New Who episode, when Doctor Who Confidential was a thing. And I, I actually watched, like, the full... Well, I didn't watch the full thing because it's impossible to find now. Um, and I watched a bit on, like, how they made the masks. And that is a nightmare process. Yeah. Like, they, they, had to, they, they did the same for Julian Bleach uh, when he was Davros. Was They get the actor to dip their head in plaster Paris. They get a plaster mold. They cut that off. They then mold over the plastic, then mold over that mold, and they've got a mask. Yeah, it's, it's a really it's, long it's process. 
and it, it but like Dan Stark and Christopher Ryan are under this really heavy plaster for a really long time, and I do not envy them. I did it in university, and I, I think we wasted. We didn't waste because we got something good out of it. But it was like six hours of the day, just oh. And it and it was students doing it to students, so it's messy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> it must be extremely claustrophobic as well. It's terrifying. You have you have your eyes covered, and um, what I did with the one I had, I had my eyes covered, so obviously nothing gets in it. And then um, you have like nose holes so you can breathe. But other than that, you are basically just covered in liquid and plastic. Well, Christopher Ryan and oh, Dan Starkey nice. seem to have like bald caps on as well. Yeah. Like, to oh, just make sure that nothing was going to injure them at all. Like <laughs> Christopher Ryan looks terrified when it's going over him. <laughs> and, that, and Christopher Ryan's been in Doctor Who before, so he's not he's not like scared of putting on a mask. Uh, for people who don't know, he was in the. Uh, um, passable, Sick Doctor Story Mind Warp. I'm trying not to say anything too controversial. But Mind Warp makes me uncomfortable because it was written by Philip fucking Martin. So, less on that. And back to the yeah. Sontarans. Well, what does everyone think of the Sontaran design here? Because Was this the first time we saw, like, the new era Sontarans? Yeah. First time they appeared yeah. in the new series. First time I, I ever saw them yeah. at all. So this is I, when this is when the tiny Sontarans appeared. Basically, this is the birth yes. of tiny Sontarans. I actually don't have a problem with that. Neither do I. But like I've said previous on here, um, a lot of the like new Who fans now associate Sontarans with people under Strap. five foot. Yeah. yeah, I think they're going to be in for a shock when they see these new Sontarans and they're like yeah. actually like normal size. Like. <laughs> See, I never, as a kid, I never thought that I was, I was five years old when this aired because I turned six a few days later. Um, like li- literally six days later, I, I turned six. I was not that young. I'm not going to talk about age. I, I never thought they looked that short because I'm five foot six now. <laughs> I was like under two. People like, oh, they're massive. Well, Matt, Matt are like... TikTok Sontar and a six foot four, so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at the Sontarans and the two doctors. They literally have to duck under doorways. Yeah. I did like that they. I know they have kind of updated the, the colour scheme for the armour, but I did kind yeah. of like the whole. I want to say stomp, but it's not. It isn't stomp, but it sounds like stomp. Oh, it's stomp. It's stomp without being stomp. Yeah. Non stom stom. The fact that he didn't have the rifle like the rest of them, he has his little typical Sontaran. Pointy stick. Pointy I love the Sontaran aesthetic. Thing, whatever it is, which is what the old ones only ever used to have. Mm. With the with the exception of the two doctors, where they have this re- this really weird looking rifle, and it looks nothing like any. It, you probably don't remember it because it doesn't fit with some Taran aesthetic ever. It's clearly ripped from like some other thing. They were like, "Oh, it's in Blake Seven this week. Let's just borrow that." Like it it does look like something from another series or at least another monster in the two doctors. Whereas here, the Sontarans have given have been given this really uniform look. All of their technology looks the same. And I really like that, because mm. they're supposed to be a clone race. And for the Sontarans, it's all about making everything curvy. I kind of want to give Strax a little pointy stick now, though. Oh, it's hard yeah. 
it's coming. That'll happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why. I don't know why Strax doesn't. Strax, you're getting a pointy stick. Yeah, Strax, we're gonna buy you a pointy stick, babes. I'll go back in the shed. <laughs> do it, do it. I'll expect to see that on your TikTok by my birthday. <laughs> you, you can, you can use it on Cyber Jenny. There we go. <laughs> That stick has like magic powers. It's the best weapon in this, in this entire episode. I want one of those sticks. <laughs> Everybody has a stick. Yeah. It can see the people. I just watched the first uh, episode of Sarah Jane today. Also, it's some parents in it, so today oh, was yeah, a big yeah. The series the opener. That's also a good song, Yeah, we watched that the other week, didn't we? Yeah, I watched We watched that the other week. And I watched six episodes with some powers in it today. (laughs) That is Uh, research, I like it. See, sometimes across. I'm I'm, going to make a very controversial statement here, but the Sontarans were never good. They were never done well. But I think that's part of their character. But I, I agree. Because that that's what... Because a huge part of the Doctor Who Confidential thing was talking to different members of the cast, uh, of past and present, about the Sontarans. And it's really clear when they talk... Uh, and crew as well. So they talked to Russell T. Davies. And they were top of his list. But it's really clear when he talks about them and when everyone else talks about them, they were not taken seriously. Mm. There's this huge yeah. backlash to this story that it ruined the Sontarans because they're they wear blue now and they're short and you and, and you know they ruined it. And it's like there wasn't much to ruin. Invasion I, of time. I generally think I generally think they are written as a joke. That is the Sontarans. Yeah. I, I like I've said I've said this before as well. I don't think they're at war. I think they've just made it up so they look hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. <laughs> I mean, we know, we have never seen the Sontaran written war. No. It's only in other media. And I mean, even there, it's barely that's interesting. That's true. I think I remember trying to Google it and it doesn't really come up. There, there's, yeah, there's nothing. That's what I mean. They've made it up so they look better than what they are. There, there is only okay. one story I can think of. There's only one story I can think of where the Sontarans actually fight the rodents. It's in a comic with the Seventh Doctor. Where they go to like the very start of the war, and it's basically horrifying rock in space and good. (laughs) (laughs) And it just showcases like the lack of interest anyone has in using these characters for or these monsters for anything all that revolutionary. Because I think the best Sontaran story is in the Sarah Jane Adventure series too. The that that series opener has a really good Sontaran who is genuinely threatening but he's still kind of stupid he's taken over the high heel yeah like it's it's seen with with Lynx and, and Steyr it's, it's just, even, even the ones people are supposed to take seriously they're not taken all that seriously because you're not supposed to no not at all I gem- the, thi- the, the most intelligent Clone. thing they done in this episode was clone Martha hmm at least, at least we saw them do something with the cloning. That's been a thing for a while. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we know Sontaran's a clone race, and yet you never really see them never, do any never cloning. Seen them, you know, I, I think that that's the thing, because RTD, for better or worse, brought the show back, and he made the classic monsters scary again. Or at least he made them intimidating. Yeah. 
Like, Dalek is a perfect showcase of not just the Dalek as an intimidating presence, but its ideology and character. Mm-hmm. Rise of Cybermen, Age of Steel, whether you like it or not, is a very good showcase of what the Cybermen are all about. For, for the most part. The, the addition of Delete for, for, is stupid and doesn't quite work. Yeah. This is a but good it, Suntoran episode if you haven't ever seen a Suntoran before. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that you can really go wrong with it because I think that the, this one in particular is a perfect showcase of who the Suntorans are. They are an intimidating, powerful threat, but they're also really stupid. Really dumb. And that—that's the—that's that, the charm of the, of this story is it works in using the Suntorans the way they were used in the classic series in a very boldly honest way. I've always thought that Russell is very good at presenting things from the classic series in brutally honest ways. Mm. Uh, the Time Lords, in my opinion, are, are his metaphor for the classic series. You know, we, we mythologize them for ages and ages and ages, then it comes back and it's not what you what we wanted. It, it's not the, the beautiful thing we imagined. The Sontarans, it uses them in the same way. Yeah, they, they are an intimidating and powerful presence, but they're not... They're not completely serious. They do look like potatoes. They do. Like, or at least people like, say they do, no, but they really I've never do. thought they did. They really do. <laughs> they do. Like, as soon as he took his helmet off, I was like, ha! Potato! Like, they, they said it in the show, lad. They did, yeah. They said it in the show. He looks yeah. like a baked potato. There you go. Sold. And the doctor's like, like the doctor turns around and goes, Ross, you racist. <laughs> <laughs> potato racism. <laughs> Potatoism. Potatoism. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's even funnier because the eleventh Doctor is completely awful to Strax. By being yeah. a potato. I'm the intelligent one. You're the potato one. Potato one. Not Can you imagine that with their mean argument off screen and dare the Doctor? Don't call Strax a potato. It's racist. <laughs> that's a. That's definitely a scene that I'm going to have to do when I've got a fast track. I'm, I'm sure, I'm we'll sure it's in the day of the doctor Everything's in that book. It's, it's well, yeah, I'm going to say that line at some point in an RP. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I really love just everything. This episode is so much fun to watch. It is, it is a good one. And I think it helps the fact that you've got Martha and Donna in it as well. It's quite oh, nice. Oh, Donna is phenomenal. They're my two favourite modern companions. I'm not a huge fan of Martha, but I do love Donna. See, I was a fan of Martha when she left and then came back. Like, like that that period. Because she was very kind of whiny, but that's because of how they obviously wrote her. And it meant you kind of watched her and was like, okay, they're not actually giving her any credit for being a powerful female companion. Mm. They're just kind of going... I need a man because reasons. And like, you know, when they bring her back, even though she's engaged, she's still like, hey, watch me fight you guys. Like, I, I'm going to kick your ass. Even when she's cloned, she's well, still badass. It's her first little scene. Once, once they've had the, the, the Doctor and Donna have had their little argument or chat or whatever, and then she's like, right, bang on the radio, right, you over there, you over there, you were the shooter, got this happened, that was happening. It's like, no. And it's not the. There's clearly a, in, in that scene. There's clearly a line from an earlier draft. Um, because and, uh, the, because Donna says the line is that what you did? You turned her into a soldier, and that's clearly from a different draft of the script where Martha wasn't supposed to be the good guy. 
Because it doesn't, like, that's never brought up again. As to what, like, as to the Doctor militarizing Martha. No, but he does, never... he does say, just, there's a scene when, just before, when they stood outside the TARDIS, when he clocks it, you can see he's clocked it, when yeah. he says something about her being a warrior. But it, it, it's weird because it, it feels like that was a rigid, that was in a different script where Martha mm. was perhaps more amoral, perhaps, you know, because the first part feel we, we did, a lot of us watched both, both parts, so I don't think everyone did, but the the first part in particular, the, the episode we were supposed to watch, um, <laughs> has a real lean on the idea that, you know, aren't necessarily the good guys, and part two doesn't quite as much. How pathetic a unit, I wish unit would get their act together. Oh, no wonder they got taken away by Brexit. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. They change their uniform every season, so that's one thing, because they're wasting government well, no, they're, money. They're, they're <laughs> yeah. The, 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 new, the new series units have the same uniform consistently. It's great. No, they don't. They all... No, they change it. They, cause, okay, they, 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 they the had... Because, um, yeah, they, they had... The Matt Smith era had, like, the camos, and this era they had the red the red beret with I, I, lo- really, I like really like beret. this uniform I like though. I really like this uniform they, they look more because the the Pertwee era which is the unit's defining era very much has this kind of like we can bring out the fact they're not necessarily always the good guys but we're never going to address it mm. here their visual look addresses that but I like the fact that it, ma- it makes them look like military but not army they make yeah. They made Unit bad because the way it would have fallen in is Martha would have joined Torchwood mm. because it's the end of this like story arc for her that obviously yeah. she that's true. She then goes. Well, she she was supposed to be in Torchwood series three and wasn't because I think Freeman Ajman was pregnant or she was busy with another thing. I, I don't know where where I heard that, but she. she... She was in series two for an episode, but she was supposed to be in Children of Earth. Um, you, you know that you know that uh, character. What's her, what's her name? The the assistant to uh, Peter Capaldi in that. She was supposed to be Martha. Oh, so Ma- Ma- Martha's arc was supposed to be go through series four of Doctor Who, be, be in that a bit, and show that maybe she doesn't trust Unit by the end, and then she would appear in Torchwood Children of Earth. And realised, no, I definitely need to be on Torchwood side. That Do you know one thing I kept thinking though throughout this whole episode? Where's Kate? Yeah. Oh yeah. Kate. They mention they mention um, Leftbridge the Stewart. Brigadier. They do mention him because he's stuck somewhere, in Turkey or something. They bring that up in his appearance. In but then, well, but then, but then I'm just yeah. I like because it's purely like foreshadowing. Obviously, Kate wasn't even a character by but at, at this point. Actually, but I'm she just, was. She was oh, introduced was she? in the nineties. Yeah. Oh no, 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 but I'm saying like the Kate from like Matt's era wasn't, oh, yeah. oh, wasn't yeah. a, an established character, obviously. But I all I kept thinking was, where's Kate? Kate would make this situation so much better. Like, <laughs> she should have fixed it in like five minutes flat. Well, episode well, ends. Done. Well, at least she showed something. Well, it's like, it's like um, can when she Kate. Took it over. I think she took over later. Yeah. Mm. It's just, I just, just got an image. You know, season four and. When's, when's the f- and so on, yeah. 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 Well, she made it better because she got all the sciencey yeah. stuff in, didn't she? But I just got yeah. an image. You know, like when she sees the Cybermen and she just like picks up the helmet. It's just like, yeah, well, you come across <laughs> Uber before. I guess it'd be like some time. It's like, hey, potato man. Like, <laughs> do, you know, do you know what annoys me though? Yeah. I don't think Russell watched the Time Warrior. That's 
that's a good thing. Bad thing. Do you, but do you know why? Why? Because I get the feeling that he heard there was a Joan Pertwee story with Sontarans in it, and assumed Unit had met them. Oh yeah. But I don't think Russell intentionally said, like, intentionally went out to say, oh, there was a Sontaran story with Unit we didn't see. I just don't think he watched the Time Warrior. Probably. <laughs> I, 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 like... But say, you say that though. He's like he was like a Sarah Jan, Sarah Jan, Sarah Jane. Like but he was a he was a Tom Baker Sarah Jane. Oh yeah, that's true. You know, which is a choice. That's stubborn. <laughs> true. I true. This is this episode is such a like perfect time capsule of Russell's era. I think it's mm. got all the hallmarks of Russell in it. It's got. A woman pining for the Doctor, yep. or at least who used to. It's got Donna in it, which is the best part of Russell's era. Oh. It's got Wilf. Um, oh, it's Wilf. got... <laughs> oh, the feels I get for that family. It's got, it's got ties to the Series 4 arc. It's got the fact that Russell has never been able to write a mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, yeah. I don't actually think Russell's mothers are a problem. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yes. Jackie Tyler. <laughs> I don't think see with both Jackie and Martha's mom, I'd love I I, think... I'd love um Donna's mum and um Rose's mum to meet and do oh. a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what would it be called? I don't know, but you know you know like I have an image of them stood in like the East Enders oh, laundry oh. mart laundry like laundry. I just, like, I just well, like it, it like in Love and Monsters. Yes. I'd, call it, <laughs> I'd call it slap uh, slap the doctor or something. Slap the doctor <laughs> podcast. <laughs> they both do. do does Sylvia slap the doctor? Sylvia, I, I know Mark she knows she wants to. She probably will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's she definitely thought about it. She's thought about it quite a lot. I think she goes to do it, and then she might put her hand down. Maybe I imagined the slap, because I was like, yeah, go on, do it, do it, slap it. We'll Russell just throw Aaron. Martha's mum in there as well, because I'm sorry, Russell Hat does struggle to write mums. See, I want to, uh, and this is probably quite a good part to talk about this, but with the exception of Donald's mum, who I do think is a horrible person. Great actress, horrible person. Mm. Yes. But horrible character. We, we, do, we, do not, we, we do not hate on actors here unless they are Sheridan Smith. <laughs> um, but generally, both, both Rose and Martha's mum, while they are harsh, they generally do things out of a love for their child, whereas Donna's mum doesn't. She's always and pushing think, Donna down. Yeah. And I think that that's that's why I think when people come to Russell's mother characters, they always point to Donna's mum first. Then they point to Martha's mum because she was just written as an unlikable person, despite kind of being in the right quite a lot. Mm. Like Martha's mum does things because she's worried about her daughter. Mm. That is not that. that is, but all of the framing around it makes it look like she's a horrible person. And that Jackie. Yeah. I, I don't think I really like Jackie as a character. I'll be honest. I think Jackie's great. <laughs> so much of uh, Mrs. Bouquet. She's like worried about what the neighbours might think. Yeah. yeah. Daughter. Whereas, whereas both, both Jackie and Mar- Mar- uh, both Jackie and Francine—that's Martha's mom's name—it's brought up like once. Um, 
both of those characters do things because they love their child. And I, I think that that's why I, I think the the complaint that Russell's mother's Russell's mother characters aren't great doesn't really hold water to me because I think it's more to do with the framing of Martha's mum and I don't really think there's a problem with Jackie. I think Jackie's quite a well-written character. Saying that this is very much a Russell T Davies-like era episode, just little things yeah. like the, how do you get in? Into the window! Bye-bye! Oh, I love those. <laughs> <laughs> so do you amount of times I've seen that being done on TikTok, it's unreal. Yeah. <laughs> household for want of a better explanation and obviously Donna recognised it then Will recognised it different reasons and none of them realised that they all know it yeah. <laughs> that kind of like yeah <laughs> you weren't there because you weren't very well I adore Will in this episode Will is such I adore Will um, I just, he has such a lovely character oh good Oh. Yeah, take him, go back, go back to that particular time and take him for a joyride. I mean, that not unless, so unless... Why could they not have done that thing with it like they did with Rory's dad, whether he was accidentally on board still? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or Jackie. They've done it with everyone. They've done it with Jackie, they've done it with Rory's dad. Why could they not accidentally left him on board the uh, TARDIS? I'm, I'm convinced that Rory's dad is still on board the TARDIS, he hasn't moved. Yeah. <laughs> Jodie just comes out in a new costume. Like, He's still watching. You know? <laughs> do you have anything? Do you have anything in your? Do you have anything in your pockets? Just my grassy balls. What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> trowel. Put it on your Christmas list. Oh, I don't have a Christmas list. Now. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch okay, dinosaurs I, on a spaceship. I love comedy that is just thrown in, like, when it's not a particular comedic episode, like Sontaran's Chatterton. Yeah. It's not specifically comedic, but it has so many beautiful things that we remember. Like, even if I didn't watch that, if someone mentions it, that intrigues yeah. me. Yeah. Like, for, for me, for me, the one. The one that really comes to mind for me is, and it's because Doctor Who Adventures made it the the cut the, their quote on the cover of, for their review. Doctor Who Adventures, for those who didn't know, was the magazine for really young kids. Oh, okay. During during <laughs> I used during to have the it. Rumble. I wasn't really young. <laughs> it was gold. It is the reason I have I an encyclopedic knowledge of Doctor Who. <laughs> I agree. It, it was. It was amazing. They had, they had like they had scenes from from classic and new who. They gave fact files on all of the doctors. I'm pretty sure I still have all the clippings, probably in a box up there somewhere. Oh, that's so like, cute. I this might and the quote on the front for the Sontaran strategy, I or might have been the eye was Donna going back of the neck after knocking a Sontaran out. Oh, the, sorry, it's the next episode, but the doctor it needs three fingers. Oh no, you have to. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's such a human moment. And I love Donna because she, out of all the companions in my eyes, she was the most human. Yeah. Like you were watching it going, I am definitely the kind of person who would just completely go. Did you get away with saying certain things to the doctor? Like when she said, I'm going home and eat just that big long thing. I love that. Thing. <laughs> and it's gonna drop any minute it's gonna drop 
Oh, oh, you mean you're just going back for a visit? Yes, you mean Dumbo. Really dumb. Only she could get away with Just the space stunts, aren't you? No other companion could have kind of gotten away with it. One thing that does stand out to me about this episode is it's a very rare case of a Doctor Who story being written by a woman. This does, you know, it would surprise you how little that happens. Yeah. But it, it does happen, and when it does, it's usually quite good. She had so Helen Rayner wrote this one. She was the script editor uh, for the for the show, and the reason she wrote this one is she wrote a two-parter in the previous series. Yeah. A two-parter that is just as controversial as this one, and that I also love. <laughs> and it is Evolution of the Daleks. Mm. Right. And as a result, she was brought back for this one, mainly because this one was the budget-saving two-parter. And you can tell it's a budget-saving two-parter. You say that, though. Some of the, like, pyrotechnics are, like... It's definitely still had money thrown at it, but it is a budget-saving one, particularly with the Sontaran station. With Doctor Who, especially, like, the new stuff, not so much the classics, it's not, not very often you get to see fire and smoke and stuff. Usually it's, like, lasers and stuff like that. But to yeah. see, like, genuine, like, explosions and Sontarans mm. flying around, I loved that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which well, true though, it's not very often you get to see like full on. Yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking about the Land Rover scene where he thinks it's going to blow up and it's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's my inner ace. It's my inner ace. But then again, they probably had that budget for the pyrotechnics because they spent so little on the Sontaran spaceship. I just remembered the gas mask. I would prefer that. Like, I like that. I'd rather have crap. Sontaran yeah. spaceship or pyros. <laughs> I, I also think the Sontaran spaceship looks quite good, but the reason it's coated in purple light is to hide the fact that it looks so cheap. And works. That, that's, it, it works. works. It, it works really well. Are you my mummy? Oh, I love that thing. <laughs> you, you've got to imagine the Doctor like ha- like like loves Doctor Who references as well. But part of me is like, was that in the script or did David put it in? It was in the script. Oh no! I actually found this out recently. Was that because there was a rumor going around? Oh, it wasn't in the script. David just wanted to say it, which is believable. David is very much like that on set. He will just start throwing a line. And. Uh, um, no, it turns out that, that was in the script because Helen Rayner is also a Doctor Who. <laughs> and Helen Rayner really wanted to throw it, it in there. It is always good when a Doctor Who nerd is writing Doctor Who. Like, Mark Gassis' episodes are some of my favourites because he is just a nerd. Like, he does them. <laughs> he does them so well. Most of them just freak me out. I don't have <laughs> Mark no, I'm a big fan of Mark Gassis. is a. I don't like horror. I don't like horror. (laughs) I love the crimson horror. What did I say? That's acceptable. That's all we need to know. (laughs) You have passed. Well done. (laughs) I think we we should probably just... Because we're probably not going to do this for a very long time. (laughs) Let's talk about the Tenth Doctor. Does anyone want to start off on this? I'm not going to because I have... A lot of nostalgia that holds me back from making real criticism, you know, so, like having the Fifth Doctor. Yeah. So for me, I I watched the Tenth Doctor obviously when it was shown and everything like that, and I adored it. 
and then Matt came on and then Capaldi came on and then they became my favourite doctors in like the whole wide world even for classics I just fell in love with them and then I've watched today's episode and honestly I have binge watched like I said I've binge watched from Centauri Strategy all the way to midnight and only stopped because we have the podcast I would have happily just gone on Journey's End and everything like that it's good, ri- it's good really writing that's the thing that. this is like, the thing with this yeah. season it is very good the writing is very strong because what, what? you don't you don't get like mopey doctor you don't get kind of like uh it's picking on your companion doctor either mm. yeah because david, david, david can get david written up as, as mm. he gets written up either as like the flirty boy which is fine because you know he's kind of pretty <laughs> or he gets written up as depressed kind of I've seen a lot of people write him off as the as the arrogant prick of the doctors. Like, he can be. It, he can I, be. This is the but thing. He's, that's not his defining trait. No, it's not. The no. sick doctor exists. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, we were having a conversation on WhatsApp, and we were talking about if you like these modern day doctors, who would you pick for like the classic? And I was like, well, ten is four. Ten yeah. is four and ten is five. He's, it depends on. I, I think ten's four in, in more than in more ways than one though, because I think one character, he is the he is a bit arrogant, but he also yeah. and he doesn't take things seriously, and he and he is he does treat his companions horribly. Which is probably time. one reason why I'm not a massive ten fan, because yeah, I'm yeah, not I a massive four fan. So. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. But I think ten is also the new series fourth Doctor in the sense of he culture. does fucking everything. But not in terms of culture. In, in like the, 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 when people in the UK, at least I know the US market is slightly different because of how Doctor Who reached there when it came back. But for the UK, at least, if you say Doctor Who to someone, there are two people they're going to think of: Tom Baker and David Tennant. I don't think there's really much of an in between because while we all love the Matt Smith era and the Peter Capaldi era, but most most of the most of the most of the Americans would say Matt. Yeah, most of the Americans yeah. would say Matt, and I, I think that that's that kind of shows just the difference in what Moffat did yeah, in the show. Yeah, Because Russell's goal was getting it going here, and, and he did well to do that. Like, yeah, it, Ru- I, I can't, I don't, I don't watch it back and go, oh god, what is this? I'm like, I remember how yeah. I felt when this came back on the screen. Everyone and their nan was watching this when it came out. Exactly. Ru- you'd be, Russell, you'd be Russell's out doing era. something and you'd come back and be like, right, Doctor Who's on, we got to yeah. do this, we got to sit down Everyone already. was watching the Russell era because yeah. it, it, was, it was hugely popular. And I, I think a large part of that is the Tenth Doctor. Uh, I saw criticism, well, not necessarily criticism of the Tenth Doctor, but it was the Tenth Doctor is the most one of the most impressionable and strong role models for young kids because they don't necessarily see all the terrible aspects um but But i think that's just the doctor but that's not the the 10th doctor that's the doctor someone said exclusively to the 10th doctor was that he's still good but you outgrow him Hmm. the 10th doctor is someone you outgrow and I, I know this myself because my, my my favorite doctor for a long time was 10 and i think now i would happily say it's eight with mm. without a, a shadow of a doubt like the 10th doctor he's still great i still love watching his episodes this oh, yeah, ha- yeah. had me go back and listen to some 10th doctor big finish but as a result because i, I was like i need to i need to see more, more of this yeah but i've outgrown it it is the, it is the equivalent of comfort food for me go on Matt. yeah it's like it's like getting a big takeaway. I was going to say, I think Tennant was possibly 
I know Capaldi, Capaldi was a massive object in the family. I have a, a preserve a big oh, yeah. Doctor Who fan watching it as a child, which is possibly why he comes across as arrogant, like some of the mm. classic, because he's grown up watching it and he's in the back of his head, oh, yeah. playing it as he would have seen previous Doctor series, probably. Most people know it's a massive Doctor Who fan. Well, a, big, a big reason the, the Zygons were in Day of the Doctor was that Moffat knew that. David Tennant's favourite monster is the Zygons. Exactly. And Moffat knew that and knew he was coming back. <laughs> so Mo- Moffat said, oh, maybe, maybe we can squeeze in the Zygons for this one story. Oh, pop it in there. I, I just, the whole Dr. Arrogance thing, I just, like, Eleven, I don't feel like he has... Eleven doesn't have it. No. Which is probably um, why... Tiny bit. Teeny weeny, tiny weeny bit. Like a, t- a tiny weeny bit. But, but he... like, not... He not plays it off, sport. though. Yeah, he plays it off, no. that's the thing. See, the, the doctors I generally don't like aren't uh, arrogant. The, no. the, the, one, the ones that I don't gravitate towards, because I don't gravitate towards two that much. But I don't gravita- gravitate towards five. I don't gravitate towards eleven. All of these very, very popular no, doctors. Abby's Abby, favourite doctors. Abby's favourite doctors. <laughs> Look, I, I really like terrible people. One of my favourite shows is... Oh, what's that bother, like, Cheers, mate. One of, one of my favourite shows is Archer, and that is a show about terrible people being yeah, terrible. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And that's why I think I like doctors like Ten, like Eight, who can be really nasty at times, and people don't really get that from the from the TV movie. Eight can be horrible. Yeah. Seven is one of the worst people in the Oh, universe. 100%! No, I can understand that. I can and I, I gravitate towards that because I think terrible people are generally quite interesting to watch alongside other people. They couldn't, they the couldn't get away. Up. They couldn't get away nowadays having a seventh Doctor kind of. I want to see that. With, I think that that could define Jodie. They could do a season twenty-six just with Jodie. She just, just turns. She turns up in a darker jacket. <gasps> <laughs> Regardless of what I think is the, regardless of what you think is the right one, Six has a, has a story called Project Lazarus, where he literally just goes, "I'm sorry, but I can't save everyone, mm. and I I'm, I'm not going to cry over it because I'm 900 years old and I'm overseeing people die." Mm. That does become an arc for Six. Seven has the same moment. It's called Love and War. Again, look up just the ending scene of Love and War on YouTube. You can find it. I listen to it all the time. It is heart wrenching. Then look up. Ten's comes much later in Waters of Mars, where he just goes, you know what, I am God. And that is something that the, thank God, Doctor Who Other Media has addressed that, because Russell never did. Russell just has one character say the Doctor's wrong. The other media, in, in 2020, over 10 years later, decided, you know what, maybe we should just talk about the fact that the 10th Doctor did a horrible thing. The Tentogra caused other people to die as a result of trying to fix things for the greater good. And 12 also has the, those moments. I hate mentioning this episode at all, but kill the moon. 12 just turns around and goes, well, I'm not a human being and I don't care about this, so fine. It's one of the can we just can we just like delete kill the moon? Kill the moon is the yeah. worst. Can we just delete it? About you do not want to. 
Though he is playing a Santoro, yeah, but he's, he's not playing, Strax. He's, yeah. And that, I, I think his performance here shows why he was so good to write a really good Santoro mm. uh, Seven and Mal story called Terror of the Santorans. He did co-write it with John Dorney. It is a great listen if you haven't heard it. The, the Santorans find these crystals and it turns them really camp for the entire runtime. It's hilarious. Um, it's written by Dan Stark and John Dorney, but this episode shows he gets the Sontarans just but from his performance. Dan Dan Stark, because he wrote, come on, Victoria. What did he write? Pat Noster. Dining with death. Dining with death. He wrote Dining with Death as well. Dan, he is really, really <laughs> good writer. He's a good writer, and he gets the Sontarans. Uh, I, I haven't. I, I did talk about it very briefly, but Christopher Ryan in this episode is fantastic. I also love the fact that their makeup has clearly been designed to echo two specific Sontaran designs. Mm. So the original Sontaran designs are clearly echoed in Dan Starkey. They're much rounder. Yeah. Dan Starkey's ma- make- uh, makeup is very spherical. Where, were his his tongue- where was his tongue? Why yes, did he not lick his lips? Well, they, 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 were, they, they, they said, well, you don't have a good tongue, but those teeth, they could define the Sontarans for the next generation. <laughs> they are the things that define <laughs> the Christopher Ryan's Sontaran is more triangular his head is triangle shaped he's much he's much pointier you are um, my man <laughs> and as a result uh, his makeup is clearly based off the later sometimes that's uh, true from the, inv- the terrible ones from the invasion of time and the two doctors and i really like the fact there's that little bit of echo of the classic series even in the makeup i'm sorry i could yeah, just I, pi- like I could just picture those two when these new sontarans they were like What's going on? Like if they brought back Silurians and Neve wasn't there. <laughs> What's going on? Did, did you know that like Tardis Wiki has been able to write away um, how these Suntarans are shorter and wear blue now? No. So there's this one Fifth Doctor book called Lords of the Storm, and it has one throwaway line in which, and it explains all the, it was written in the 90s and yet it explains away all the issues with Sontarans. It says that science operatives have five fingers and that's why Steyer has five fingers in the Sontaran experiment. And it also says Sontaran naval officers wear blue. And people have just assumed that this is an offshoot brand, like a <laughs> band of naval officers who have gotten bored and have gone, let's go invade her. The way I see it with the Sontarans, the fact that like all these new, all these like little Dan Starkey ones and then you got the old school ones, they're, they're, they're shot in batches so they get the batches are going to change ever so slightly yeah. i know they're clones but one batch is going to be like this and then you've got the batches in big finish that are fucked up and really don't work and like you broken batches yeah, so, and tall so, batches so and small batches 
Sometimes in, in other media are really difficult to do because, mm. again, th- th- this story is a really clear display of no one knew what to do with them. So Helen Rayner wrote a really basic Earth invasion story because the Sontarans are difficult to write for. But like we were saying before, it, you need we needed a simple Sontaran story yeah. because to a lot of people, this is the first time they'd seen a Sontaran. When he, took, when he took that helmet off and you saw that massive potato. You, it's so good. Yeah. Whereas, whereas, whereas in the 70s, when you saw your first Sontaran, he poked his tongue out at you. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh. <laughs> and also, that mask doesn't fit. Oh my god, Matt, when you take your helmet off, please poke your tongue out just for like, just the one time, just go. Ugh. <laughs> Spray yourself with sweat. Just go. I won't meet anybody warm in that helmet. I tell you. Just leave the helmet off for a bit. Take it off. Oh, I just really want to say, why are you poking your tongue out? (laughs) Are you right, Strax? Why are you poking out your tongue? (laughs) It is a thing that all great Sontaran warriors do. I am a great Sontarian warrior. What you do not realize is our taste buds are extremely yeah, sensitive. We can taste the molecules of the air. Mmm, uh, fresh cow. Uh. Right, I, I, this has to come out of my head. It's nothing to do with the episode. But you know that noise, which is the now noise on TikTok. Matt, you have to do it. You have to dress up. <laughs> I mean, the the, the Sontarans are, are wonderful in this story. They look, yeah. I, I, I don't really understand why we needed to do a full redesign. I would have been happy if we just repainted this costume. Uh, like, if, if we just give this one the classic colours, I don't think people would complain. Because I, I I've done uh, I've done a lot of work on the, this uh, past week. <laughs> I, I watched her, I watched a review of this done by Classic Who fans, which is always a terrible idea. Because when you get people who were raised on Classic Who, they are bitter little shits. It's true. Classic Who fans are the equivalent of entitled fucks, and I know this because I am one. Oh, okay, that's like, fine. You didn't stitch yourself. The, the, ti- the timeless children is the is the epitome of fan entitlement. And oh, I, okay. I, I, I will stand by that. But that's why I think that when I went to watch this review and I was going, they're complaining about the Santaran costumes, and they're complaining about Santarans being kind of stupid, and you're going, have you seen any Sontaran story like, beforehand? It reminds me of a classic episode with the Sontarans. Yeah. With a bit more... Budget. Yeah, like... <laughs> Can we talk about oh, the I clone? Mean, yeah. the, when the clone That's first comes... When it first comes out of the water and it's got no... Uh, no. And, it, and its mouth like, has, has bits of flesh yeah. holding it shut. As a kid, I always wanted that action figure because I was like, that looks awesome. It reminds me of the Whisper Man. Like as as a kid, I was like, "That's terrifying! I want that to torture my characters." I I was a troubled child. I didn't have many friends. Uh, <laughs> but that, that last thing, this is the first Sontaran story where we've actually seen them clone things. Yep. And it's important to the plot, and I think that's why this works so well as a Sontaran introduction because it shows you all the aspects of a Sontaran. They love war and they clone things and they're short and they look like potatoes I'm really finding it hard not to spoil RPs right now (laughs) I'm not saying anything I'm not saying anything (laughs) 
representative of the TikTokers. <laughs> Anything that was said, don't listen. <laughs> in, the, in, the, in, the, in the description of, the, of this podcast, you can find a non-disclosure agreement which you are required to fill out. <laughs> This, this episode, I, I just had fun with it. Like, I, I, I'll be honest, I think the Tenth Doctor era, for all its flaws, for for all its detriments, it is the era you can just stick on. Mm. Like, you can just, it, it is so watchable. And I, I, in a way that I don't, well, in a way that I find the Moffat era isn't. It's lazy day TV where you don't really have to use your brain too much. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Matt's arcs are like, literally, just just River, know? just throwing River with Matt, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Speaking like, of arcs, there is oh a really God. subtle. No, uh, people always look, look, Rose appears on the screen. That's the that's the reference to this series arc. Oh, yeah. There is another one, and I didn't catch it until I watched it this time. There is another reference to the finale, and it is when the Doctor takes apart the car, the Do- Donna's car, and he says. The Atmos thing is kept in a tiny pocket of time outside, at one second out of six yeah. of the universe. Yeah. It is one line, and I didn't notice it until I watched it this time, and then I heard that one. That's finale bit. Yeah. That's really well hidden finale bit. Do you know what I like about so this? Much. Do you know what I like about this? Like, like coming to the conclusion of this series, this season though, is you know where whereas with season one, Bad Wolf. Yeah. Is proper once you know, it's you proper know. shoved down your throat. Right through, right through, right through. We get it, we get it. Bad wolf, we get it. Right. Whereas this, whereas just little things like Rose appearing on the screen, if you, you, you could have missed that. It's not so much shoved down your face. Yeah, it's not so much shoved down your face. Whereas, right through was. Yeah, and I also yeah. find that you. Whereas Bad Wolf, you didn't really know what it meant, but it was like two words, and you didn't really care. Same with Torch. Torch is there literally in every single, like every single one. Harold Harold Saxon again. I always thought was really well hidden. I didn't actually notice until I went back with the Harold Saxon stuff. With this, you did see Rose quite a bit, and then turn left happened, and turn left was the beginning of what was going to be a huge film. As a kid, this finale was the best to me. It still is. It's the best Russell finale in in my. opinion it should have been david's regeneration story yeah well because it it is an ultimate love letter and so is the series to david's doctor by fixing most of the issues with him uh by giving him a companion that just doesn't take a shit um and i i just think that series four as a series is russell's strongest because it's where russell was on top of his game and didn't get too overconfident Uh, we, we record the video now, I know, but I'm just waving dramatically like it's a five. Does, does anyone have any closing points? Just so we can. It's a good episode. If you haven't watched it, go watch it and then binge watch David Tennant. Watch them. Because you can't watch one without the other. Yeah, you, exactly. you can. And tell like, us in the comments what you found best. Great Because I, I want to know why people like the Sontarans, because there's a yeah. big divide of you like them or you hate them. There's like, no in between. I, I <laughs> yeah, do like them, like... but I, I don't know what to do with them. Like, if you ask me what, what you know... Oh, smack. It... <laughs> you should, you should, you should, you should, you should... They're like puppies. You, 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 you just make TikTok sounds and go, boo! <laughs> no, I, 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 
I understand what you mean. Like, if I was writing a, um, a, like a fan series or anything, I'd be like, I am not touching on the Centaurans. I have no idea. I, I think I think there's just there's just a problem of you don't really know what to do with them because there's not. I, I will stand by this too. There's not one story with the Centaurans you can't do with the Daleks and the Cybermen. This gonna, story actually, could have been done with the Cybermen. Actually, we're going to prove that. You wait. You wait. You wait. I'm not allowed. To, I'm legally. I'm not allowed to talk about RPs. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, uh, again, the non-disclosure agreement is. It, it is a requirement. Um, if you don't fill it out, we will send bailiffs to your home. We'll send straps to your home. We, we have a Facebook group now. We're organised. Yes. Yeah. We're professional. Yeah, go sign up. Go find us old school. Old school. Go find us on Facebook. TT Hoovians. Like, if you're listening, those twenty people that listen to this, please come and find us. Yeah, we do. We do love all twenty of you. Yeah, we may not know your names or care, but we do love all twenty of you. No, I know where all of them live. No, I'm joking. We have names and addresses and IP addresses. We're actually recording this in your backyard. I'm in your shed. I really hope there's someone listening called Jack who just like got completely Hello, terrified. Hello, Jack. <laughs> Hello, Jack. <laughs> okay, I, I think we Vicky, 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 what, what, Vicky, you were going to say how you found this episode, like, quickly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no? <laughs> oh, I love them. I, I... I don't know, I, I feel like it's an episode you can, like, show people to, like, tell them, yes, Dr. Who, because that's basically what my uncle did with me after I watched parts of season five. So he sat me down and said, watch these two episodes. There you go. So, I kind of think that one of those ones that you have the previous episodes really in it, and you can just sort of sit there and watch this yeah. one really. Kind of Although the the end of the second episode does lead to uh, a really crap the episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so let, let's wrap this up. You've been listening or, or watching if you're on YouTube to the TikTok Hubians podcast. Uh, I today was joined by Abby. Hi. Bye. Uh, Vicky. <laughs> Hi. Ma. 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 Lauren. Bye. Bye. <laughs>